Thank you for choosing to listen to the Hope Rock Church at Lake Travis podcast. For more resources and information on our church or our team, please go to www.hoperockchurch.com or find us on Facebook. Good morning, Hope Rock. Again, for the second time this morning, I like to say good morning. Every time I get up here, I'm going to keep saying good morning because it is a good morning. When the Lord has made it and we get to gather and worship Him together, it's always good. So today's a really special day, uh, an exciting day and a momentous day, a milestone event for this local church. Uh, after Marcus is done preaching, and I'm going to introduce Marcus and Adele shortly, Catherine and I will, but they are going to ordain new elders in our church, and that's super exciting. So you guys are going to witness something that, you know, I believe God is signifying to us that He's on the move and He's doing something big in this community. But just before we get there, I want to give a couple of shout-outs and a couple of announcements. Kerry West, I don't know if she's here, but I want to just personally give her a great shout-out for the, the amount of effort and energy she put in getting those backpacks ready for Rotat. You know, so if we can give her a hand, she is awesome. This was her dream, her desire. I mean, it was something that the Lord placed on her heart, and she ran with it. We, 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 we were able to send in excess of 100 and something bags or 119 backpacks to Rotan that are going to two children's homes that are, you know, servicing underprivileged uh, children in the community. And they get a Christmas gift this year. They get stuff that they need. Parents get stuff to help them as well. And we've also sent some gifts to those ministries as well, just to bless them this Christmas. And that's because of, you know, the generosity of this church. And so you need to give yourselves a hand because we're pretty awesome. For this little church to impact so many lives is phenomenal. And I can only say that it's, it's by God's grace that we can do this. So Kerry, thank you for everything. You're awesome and we appreciate you. Amen. This coming Saturday, we're doing another DNA course. If you're new to Hope Rock Church uh, and uh, haven't done one of these yet, please uh, put this in your schedule if you can. It's 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. this Saturday. Remember, it's really casual. You get to ask us some really interesting questions. If you have them, we get to tell you about ourselves and what we believe and what our mission and our mandate is. And you get to eat breakfast tacos, which is the highlight of everyone's day. Uh, apart from getting to meet with Charlie as well, because that's generally the first highlight, and then the tacos come second, of course. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just a reminder as well, Thanksgiving is coming up, and we have partnered with 1231 uh, and Angela and Mike Dalhauser. And what we are going to do is we've committed to feeding 10 families this Thanksgiving. These are families in our community, in the LTISD school district, that don't have, you know, the means to be able to, you know, cook a great Thanksgiving meal for them and their kids. So this is now ready for us to get behind. If you go online to our website or you go to the Church Center app, what you'll find is the Thanksgiving button under events. In that, there will be 10 families. You can choose one of those 10 families, decide which one you want to sponsor and get behind them. Some families uh, have as little as five people in them. Some families are as big as 15 people. You take what you feel that you can handle, uh, and then we'll basically help you get that meal together for them for Thanksgiving. I think this is a worthy initiative. Uh, often we forget that just outside of these doors are people who desperately need to be, to be feeling the touch and the love of God, and we get to do that. So what an awesome privilege. Catherine, come up here. Marcus and Adele, can I call you up here to the front? No more announcements for today. There is one last one, though, real quick. We're doing baptisms after church as well. So if you've never been baptized, want to be baptized, we have an awesome opportunity for you in a horse trough. Because, I mean, we came to Texas, and we thought if we're going to baptize people, we've got to baptize people in horse troughs, right? In Africa, we baptize people in the rivers with crocodiles. Yeah, it's horse troughs, okay, because cowboys live here, right? Stephen? See? So if you have never been baptized, we are going to be doing it right after the service out back. Uh, in fact, I invite every one of you just to come and celebrate with us as we, you know, baptize people uh, this Sunday anyway, or today. 
So this couple, Marcus and Adele, maybe you want to introduce them, love. Hey, you've got so many nice things to uh, say. Oh, okay, well, I'm not prepared, but anyway. So uh, Marcus and Adele um, are our spiritual parents. Uh, Marco and I joined their church, Cornerstone, in 2004. And in 2015, they asked us to join their eldership team. And um, so they saw something in us that we didn't see in ourselves, Amen. you know, so, and, and they called it out. And so we are so grateful that they risked with us and they believed in us because we wouldn't have been able to do any of this if it hadn't been for you guys believing in us and just sowing into us. And so, you know, we're really grateful and we know that you share in the inheritance of Hope Rock Church because of what, you know, your obedience to God. And they have led Cornerstone Church for 35 years. 21. No? 21. They've been there 30 years and they've um, led it for 21 years. Um, They started off with the main site and you now have um, nine campuses, right? Nine campuses across the city of Joburg. So they are really uh, giants in the kingdom and they are faithful and obedient and they are just great leaders and very humble. So we love you guys. And they're very awesome as well, in addition to all that. So give them a hand. We want to welcome them here. Marcus is here to ordain the elders. And if you don't know how that works, let me explain it. We partner with NCMI. These two giants here are like the foundations of NCMI's. Like, I'm just, they, they're amazing. They are on the apostolic team. And we don't ordain elders in this local church. We bring our partners in to ordain them. And so that's what they're doing here. We're blessed by them, and we love you guys. Over to you, Marcus. Thanks, Catherine. The thing that I wrote about us, you got it right. (laughs) Um, Ordaining elders is a big moment in any local church. And as you read through the book, please come and stay, Adele. As you look through, as you read through the book of Acts, you see that there's a lot of evangelism and there's a lot of reaching out with the gospel. And then you have that moment when Paul and Barnabas on their return trip ordain elders, and they, those groups of people become churches. So then for a church to kind of reach the inheritance that God has for it, you need more on that team because things rise and fall with leaders. And I know as of late across the world, not just in your country, there's been a, a really appalling example of spiritual leaders. And, uh, you know, we come with a biblical mandate trying to explain the way biblical leaders should operate so that we can win back the hearts of men and women and show them, you know, that there is a distinction between the world systems and the church. And it's not a hypocritical, judgmental attitude. We are here to reach into the heart of this, this county, this, this uh, what do you call them, state and this country. Uh, it is important. And so we need leaders who are on board, who are called. And these two couples we've kind of trained over um, Zoom calls. <laughs> and we've got to ask some really personal questions. And here's the deal. They are called. They love Jesus with a passion. They want to see his kingdom grow. What a privilege. You know, you don't go and look for a catalog and choose them. Or, you know, there's some cupboard you open and you take them out and say, okay, great. These men and women have been born again by the Spirit and cultivated over many years and got to this point. And it is a privilege for us to be here to do this. But I thought just for a moment we want to honor Jeremy and uh, Ashley. You guys are awesome, really. Uh, I keep telling our church about you and our elders. And it's like a perplexing thing because usually when you hand over something, you know, it's disappear. 
but you are committed to the kingdom of God. And to see you here, is, uh, for me, as giants in the kingdom, it's such an awesome thing. There's a stability about you that just tells me that this is not pseudo. This is all gospel. This is what God is doing. And we continue to pray for you to flourish in everything God has. And I know you've established yourself in business, but dot, 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 there's more to come. <laughs> yeah. Way more. So morning, um, what's your church's name? <laughs> Hope Rock Church, um, sending lots of love from Cornerstone. We've already had our service in South Africa, which they've already prayed for this meeting and for the new elders. And yeah, and it is a privilege. It's so wonderful to see um, what the Lord has done through Marco and Catherine. I still stand amazed. Because, <laughs> you know, mom and dad know our children. Hey, other people see children completely different. And then when you say, I want in your own house, your children don't do the things that they do when they're at somebody else's house. Hey, so now we have seen Marco and Catherine rise up to what God's got for them and well done for that. But um, Ashley and Jeremy, this morning, as I met you both, well, uh, Marcus has spoken much about you, and so have Marco and Catherine. But I really felt that God was just saying to you that this couldn't have happened today if you weren't obedient. And I know we don't want to give glory to man, but God says, well done. And the, your obedience is going to open up a new um, season for this church. But um, like Marcus says, don't think that it's just what you feeling God's got for you now. He's got so much more. And one of those words that Marco brought today, I think God's got many more in your heart that he's spoken over this church that he's still going to reveal to you. So you are an encouragement to us. One day we're going to hand over and hopefully we'll be able to sit and um, support the next um, um, couple because that's what we need. Good examples of leaders that hand over and cheer the young guys on. So well done for that. So we are excited for what God's got for you. We know he's got great plans for this uh, church in this city. And yeah, you guys just carry on being obedient as well. Because one day he's going to ask you to hand over. You don't want to hold on to things that God doesn't want you to hold on. So, and just to see the children, your family, how they've grown and how they're so involved. That is wonderful. It's a great testimony to see families that are called by God, you know. So, bless you. Thank you. So, Mark and Patty and Derek and Lindsay, uh, especially... Listen to some of the scriptures that we're going to read out. But for all of us, it's a wonderful moment to celebrate the gospel and leadership. Without the gospel, there'd be no leadership. And the very reason why we're releasing leaders so this gospel can go further and can be stronger, it really uh, is important. To the worship guys, wow. Um, there's a wonderful quote by A.W. Tozer. He was a preacher in Chicago. And he said, the church that doesn't know how to worship needs to be entertained. And isn't it amazing that in some churches, where well, we sit in South Africa, it's like, that is a show. But man, we got into the presence of God. And there is a sweet spirit here. I, I kind of believe you're talking about water, water trough outside. This is a watering hole for very dry and thirsty people. And we're going to continue to see a stream of those come in. And not only those who've never been born again, but those who somehow... I've got into a dry and thirsty place as believers. 
they're going to find a sense of nourishment over here. Um, we've all been through this season, and you guys are way more free than we are. You know, I'm appalled that nobody's wearing masks. <laughs> you Texans are quite liberal. <laughs> um, we still are wearing masks. We've only come out of heavy lockdown uh, to where we're allowed to kind of gather a 750 um, or half the size of your auditorium capacity. But this whole season has really brought out for me what is there. Uh, you know, sometimes the facade and the show we put on is, is not really true to what's in the hearts. But during this season, we've seen the church kind of revealed in its strength and in some of those areas where we do need to kind of strengthen. For me, the greatest lesson is those churches that weren't built on relationship were found wanting. If they were just built on systems and mechanisms and so on, uh, they were found wanting. But the churches that were built on relationships realized how thin they really were. And the necessity in local church, it's all about relationships. It's with him and it's with each other. And you know what happens with a relationship is there's fire. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. And we need it because together we are kind of apprehending this great kingdom that we're part of and finding in that partnership uh, a commissioning to go. To hear you guys, where's Roatan? Uh, there's also an interest in Italy. That's the church. The church does not exist for itself. Today we are gathered here for those who are not here. That's the church's mandate. And we continue to always look outwards. The church that begins to look inwards and make this the objective is one that has basically said our sell-by date is up. So the one statement that has come to us over this time is the world at its worst needs the church at its best. And, and we know that. The world and its systems are spiraling downward. They really are. You know, those things that we hung on to as, as anchors are disappearing fast. If they're not kingdom, if they're not kingdom, they are not going to last. And so we are heralding a message of hope. And so it is important that we are fully celebrating the life of God. I'll give you an illustration. Muhammad in the 6th century... Uh, was fed up with the Arab religions. And it was basically a worship of Satan and idols. You can go and read up on the history of it. It's actually quite fascinating what was there before Islam. And so Muhammad was for a while fostered by a lady who was a Christian. And so she insisted that he comes and has a look at Christianity and perhaps he'll find the answers there. Of course, during that time, the church was going through the dark ages. And when he arrived at a cathedral it was full of idols and kind of from there he went out and had these revelations in a cave and so the Islam religion was born isn't that amazing imagine if he had an encounter with Jesus and not been introduced to another religious structure full of you know kind of idols and, and observances that had nothing to do with the gospel it would have been so different it really would have. And so today people are looking. People are, are, are kind of curious because death has become a lot closer to so many families because of people dying of COVID and that. And if we understand the book of Revelation and the times we live in, it's going to continue to spiral down. And so our celebration of kingdom values uh, is going to be the greatest attraction. 
people will stop us and say, but how come you have hope in this situation? I always say the worst thing that could happen to any of us is we die. <laughs> right? And we are going to all die. But the greatest thing in Christ is the next thing we see after we close our eyes is Him. And don't get fooled into believing this kind of cartoon picture of heaven. Is you know, kind of when you die, you get stuck on a cloud with a harp. And that's it. For the rest of eternity, it's you, the cloud, and the harp. Now, I'm not a musician. You can imagine how that's going to go. <laughs> I'll break my harp, and then it's me and the cloud for eternity. No, eye hasn't seen or ear heard or entered into the heart of man what God has promised for those that love him. That is what I'm waiting for with great anticipation. That's why it's easy then to lay your life down for the sake of the gospel and to realize that other people need to hear this. This isn't religion. This isn't some kind of club we belong to. This is a matter of life and death. Amen. The gospel is God's message of life to this planet. Through a relationship with Jesus, we are able to secure for ourselves not only comfort in this life, but for the life to come. And man, I want to see what that's all about. I'm excited about that. I really am. So, Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, Christ is basically saying from the time that he arrived until the end of the age, Jesus is building his church and the church he builds is an overcoming church. So the very next question we should be asking, where do we find out about this church Jesus is building? And it's interesting, the word of God obviously contains that, but too many, I feel, we run to manuals, we run to books, we run to men's thoughts, instead of coming back to the source document and saying, let the Bible influence us and let's get behind what Jesus is doing. So we kind of fast forward to Revelation 2 and 3. And there you have seven letters. And in those letters, Christ himself, through prophecy, is giving instruction to the churches. And in, in Revelation chapter 1, it says, he is amongst the lampstands. So here's a beautiful picture of Jesus. We know he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding. We know he's in our hearts, helping us with our relationships. But he's also walking in amongst the churches and saying, Hope Rock, I want you to be an overcoming church. So you've, you've lost your first love or you've become lukewarm to another church and so on. So Jesus, if we allow him, will build the church. And if we want to know those characteristics, we go to Scripture. And that's why I, I want to kind of just soak us in, again, our understanding of elders. Because, man, do we have some ideas in our heads <laughs> of what they are. You know, is it a CEO of a company? You know, uh, is, is an elder just the guy that will fetch and carry in the local church? Or it's all of Marco and Catherine's best friends. Or here's another one. They're the top tithers. You know, if you tithe in the top 10%, sure as anything, you're going to become an elder. And then you can sit on the front row and act like a, a main dude. Right? A hero. Right. Here's the thing about leaders in general, that's elders and deacons, is God loves you. God really does love you. And I believe it's important to understand 
that even when you perform well and when you don't perform well, God loves you. So your sense of identity is in Christ. And as we've talked to these two couples, we've realized that they are, how can you say, it? they are good examples of this. They have a good relationship with God and, of course, the current two elders. Right, Charlie? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to say anything to upset Charlie because uh, I reckon Charlie knows how to sort me out. Eh? <laughs> so God loves you. And so, you know, our function is and, and our kind of, you know, charisma in the pulpit is not the way we get our identity. And we know that rock star preachers, you know, those have been the ones that have come under God's spotlight in this past season. I, I want health. Uh, I, uh, you know, leaders who love Jesus, those are the people we want to follow. The second thing about leaders is the devil hates you. <laughs> we need to understand that. So straight away, most of those who thought they wanted to be leaders are saying, well, that's out. Actually, the devil hates every believer. But he hates leaders even more so. Um, and for me, the minute we get into the sweet spot of God's will, we face this constant attack. But here's the deal. It's not a fair battle. Because in Christ, we overcome. You see, that's what we have to understand is you'll face trials and difficulties. Yesterday, we sat on the veranda and we were talking to Marco and Catherine. And with tears, they're talking about the trials and the, the stuff that they're going through. It's real. You know, Paul could say, you know, I, I face incredible opposition from without, from within. It's like he just got clobbered every time. And often he would say, actually, I try to come to you, but I couldn't because... The devil kind of resisted me over there. And we think the great Paul, couldn't he just cast a, a quick spell or, you know, you know, do something and then it would all be over? No, we're involved with a real battle. And so I want to encourage you, pray for your leaders. Pray for them. They need that prayer because they do have toilets at home. They do need to eat. They, uh, you know, it's not like they, you know, kind of sent from heaven and, you know, they you know, half God and half whatever. No, they're normal human beings that suffer in every way. And Paul was able to say of the highest kind of a, um, level of leadership that they are the scum of the earth. They really are. And so it's, we don't tell ourselves we're scum. It's the enemy is trying to sort us out. And so you'll find finances, family, relationships, everything come under attack. But we've got to understand that the chief shepherd watches, watches over us and God is there to protect us. And then thirdly, everybody has a plan for your life. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the amount of advice. I remember the weekend we kind of took uh, responsibility to lead the eldership that leads the church back home. And it was interesting. Straight away, two or three guys came up to me and they, they felt they needed to help me. I was very excited about that. <laughs> but they, they kind of, uh, Adele got advice on how she should dress now that she's a lead elder's wife. And they gave her some lessons. Your makeup's far too plain and you don't stand out enough, that kind of thing. That, that's wonderful. We love people. But we need to understand that what we do is not to please people. We get up here to preach the uncompromised word of God. With love, because it's always with love and always with the plan of redemption for every single person. 
because we want to lead people into the inheritance that God has for them. And so sometimes, like Paul said to the churches that he dealt with, I admonish you. You know what admonish is? It's a slap on the head. And when you've had that slap, you say, man, does Jesus love me? <laughs> and so I don't feel that any leader wants to premeditate that. But at times we have to handle the real issues. And so we do everything to please the Father. And it's important to the leaders that are being ordained today, the elders. Don't compare. And, and free yourself from the fact that you secure in Him. And you, whatever you do is not to please people. It's actually to fulfill the promises and the call of God that is on your life. Amen. And you guys have got some incredibly big capacity people that are coming on to eldership. Uh, you know, I just see it. It's, it's just awesome. So it is time to get back to the scriptures with this. So let's have a look at Philippians 1. We looked at it at the time that we ordained Charlie and Crystal and then you guys as well. It's a, it's a kind of few verse summary of church. This is how it goes. Philippians 1 verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. So that's the church that's in Philippi with the overseers and deacons. That's the leaders that are in that church. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always in every prayer, man, for you all, making my prayer with joy. Isn't that awesome? Don't you love the heart of Paul? You know, so Adele and I come in a capacity that is part of a team that this church works with. We have the same. When we ordain elders, we get them in. We get them in to preach and to help us. But I love the fact it's not a headquarters thing. It's not a hierarchy. It's not a here come the big guys kind of thing. This is a loving, deep relationship rooted in the gospel. Verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So every aspect of the church is about Christ and the gospel. Releasing leaders about Christ and the gospel. Helping families. If you want to be a better husband, it's not about taking the trash out and, you know, not leaving your underwear, you know, strewn down the passage. It's you are endeavoring to live out this gospel in your life. The best promise you can make your wife. And it was read today about being changed into the likeness and image of Jesus through this gospel. My promise to my wife is I'm going to allow this gospel to transform me because that's the husband she deserves. And the wife I deserve is the wife who's going to make those, those same transitions. And so we, we can't move away from the gospel. The gospel is at the center of everything. There's wonderful descriptions of the kind of people a local church is made up of. It's made up of saints. Just have a quick look around. Just have a, you know, maybe bend your neck backwards. Those are all saints. <laughs> and you think, really? <laughs> Where's the halo? <laughs> it's amazing how we get terminology mixed up. Bible says this is the highest order of life in the church and the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? The priesthood, the, the members of a local church are the saints. And I love that. And every other aspect, like the two leadership Offices are, are about service. It's about function. It's not about importance. Amen. And it's not about, you know, positioning. You know, now we the big guys, we the big guns. No. So there are two 
leadership officers, deacons and elders. That's it. Nothing else. There's nothing else in all of Scripture where we can see identified any other leadership structure. That's it. And the head of every church is Christ. And it's not Marco and Catherine. They are the ones that are going to captain a team of elders and leaders to fulfill God's purpose. And that's the health of everything. And the purpose of all of this is our partnership in the gospel. It's not to further Hope Rock's vision. Because if Hope Rock's vision is not the gospel, it's not to further that. It's to further the gospel. And it's the same. It's not to further NCMI or any other organization. And I think we need to begin to understand and celebrate the gospel like never before. If there's one thing that should identify and set the church apart, it's the gospel. Not we have buildings and we wear it and we speak a strange language and our fashion is always 10 years behind the world and, you know, that kind of thing. What it is, is we have an opinion right now and it's the gospel. And you see, for too many, the gospel is an insurance policy. We insure everything nowadays, especially these wonderful idols that we have that help us with our lives. Yeah. You, don't, you drop one of these things and you're in for a couple of hundred dollars. Around. So you insure that. You insure your home. You insure your car. And then after life insurance policy, Christianity. Isn't that great? <laughs> no. There's a necessity for every single one of us to have a relationship with Jesus, to confess that actually I can't do this. And I am a sinner. Would you forgive me? And then accept him into our lives as Lord and Savior and start this amazing journey. It's amazing how we've institutionalized that and made it becoming part of a church more important than becoming a believer. And so the the health of all of this is these who are released now onto eldership are going to help the current leaders to continue to promote this gospel is the most freeing message that there ever can be. One more scripture, and then we're going to call these couples up. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. Here's a passage all about eldership. And when I read this often, I think of leadership in the church in the world. And I think how they've moved away from what the scriptures say. And it's interesting. The Bible has it, but sometimes we feel we can do it better. (laughs) Isn't that true? So here we go. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. It says over there, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who will share in the glory to be revealed. Isn't it interesting? Right there as he talks about elders, it's all about Jesus. There you go. Very easy. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing. So as we've chatted to these two couples, they're willing. And why are they willing? Because they've been called. They are willing, 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 willing to give their time. Um, As God wants you to be not greedy for money. How did we miss that one out? You know, because it's interesting. You know, some guys plant churches. And we see a lot of it in our country um, where you plant a church to make money. Actually, if you want to make money, go and start a company and make money. This is not where you make money. This is where you further the kingdom of God. And we don't peddle the gospel. And we don't promise big promises as you're faithful. You know, cars are going to arrive and you're going to have an extra toilet or gold-plated taps or whatever it is. I don't know. That's nonsense. We never do that. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ that we get for no charge. 
And then it says, eager to serve. Isn't that what you want to see in a leader? And we've seen that in these guys. And we will continue to see it. Eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you. Isn't that interesting? You know, some context, preachers come in. They wait in the wings. The smoke, well, that's the anointing in the smoke machine. And then they don't even listen to the worship. And they come out and do their thing. And they disappear and you don't know them. No, I want leaders who love leaders who connect. I'm not bagging any of them and saying we better. I'm just saying let's stick to scripture. Let's do it that way. And then it says, but being examples to the flock. Wow. That has got to be the most sobering characteristic of leadership in the body of Christ. You know what it's like. Mom and dad are sitting around the table and broccoli gets served. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you see the kids. Well, you must eat your broccoli. And then the kid one day gets a little bit of gumption and says, but dad, why aren't you eating your broccoli? (laughs) You don't do what I do. You do what I tell you to do because broccoli is good for you. I'm past that. I'm no good anymore. (laughs) But in the kingdom, it doesn't work like that. We say, follow me as I follow Christ. Are you followable? That tells me you're a leader. And if I was to follow you, what am I going to end up like? Yeah, that is quite scary. So who wants to be a leader? Suddenly all the hands are down. Because that's the reality of this. And so if I was to follow some of the leaders that are around, and sometimes even myself, I think that's scary stuff. I'm not condemned by this. All it says to me is go back to this gospel and let it rule and reign in your life. This leadership thing isn't about my prominence and significance and getting my book out there, my theory out there and the rest. No. I want to help people achieve all that God has for them in the kingdom of God. And come and see my marriage and I'll show you how we do it. I'm not just going to tell you. And you know what? It's this one of your preachers preached the mumps and the measles theory. Do you know that? It's, uh, this is how it goes. If I tell you I have mumps but I have measles, what are you going to catch? This is a very tricky question. Measles. If I have measles, you're going to catch measles. I can tell you mumps all day, and you're not going to catch mumps. And you see, often our preach isn't what's in our hearts, but you're going to catch what's in our hearts. That's the thing. That's been an example. And so Paul is able to say to to the Corinthian church, follow my example. Wow, some leaders are saying, whatever you do, please don't follow my example, because your life is going to end in absolute chaos. No, this is the sanity of leadership in the kingdom of God. Follow my example. Do I have it all together with my family? No, but I'm endeavoring to. I'm normal. Come and see how I handle my business. Come and see how I talk to my kids. Because there's a reality to this that I want to show off. Interesting, Paul in that same passage in 1 Corinthians, he says to them, I will send you Timothy... And when he arrives, he'll remind you of my way of life. So in other words, you want to impact another area. What do you normally do? You send them your link to your website, your TV or your uh, teaching series and the books you've written. You say, that's what I'm about. Now, if you want me to know what you're about, give me a son or a daughter out of this house. And let me talk to them. If I want to know what you're about, give me your son. Give me your daughter. Let me talk to them. Let me see what your family is all about. And that's kingdom. Isn't that sanity? 
This is how it ends. So when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This is for you guys who are on eldership here. There's going to come a time at the great white throne judgment. And there is for those who are in Christ to remind you. Because we've been judged in Christ, there's no fear of anything there. It's about rewards. There'll be a special time when God will say, hey, I can't wait for that. Jeremy and Ashley, step forward. And he'll put a crown on you for obeying the call of God and living out this word. And he'll say to everyone, Mark and Patty, Derek and Lindsay, he'll call you up. And according to what we've been called to do, we will be rewarded. And he's reminding us that leaders too, according to the call of God and how they've discharged their responsibility and set an example, they will be rewarded. I love it. I really do. And so without further ado, I would like both those couples to come and stand here with me, please. Over here. Let's give God an applause for what he's done. I do wish we were in Old Testament times. I would take this long horn full of oil and just pour it all over you. Mm-mm. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Yeah, I think it's such a, an awesome picture. But that is what's going to happen in the spirit realm. There's an anointing. You don't even know the content of that. It's going to soak you. It's going to refresh you. And come back to this moment and, and access what God has poured out you. Timothy was told. When the elders, body of elders laid hands on you at your ordination, there were gifts that were poured out, anointings. And those is where he wanted Timothy's confidence. Remember, Timothy was this guy had an ulcer. <laughs> you know, he was like a really worry, you know, Charlie Brown, I suppose, you know, if you were to understand him. But he was told to fight the fight and to get confidence from the fact there's a call and there's anointing. So we've seen something in you. The church has seen something in you. Your leaders have seen something in you that said there's a call on their lives. You've verbalized it to Adele and I. You've said there's a call. But now, this ordination, that's why ordinations are so important. There's a God element here that is going to surprise you. A depth, an anointing, access it. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. So with this, I'd like to read these two scriptures. It says, this is where the commitment comes It says in Hebrews 13, verse 7, remember your leaders. This is my encouragement to you as a local church. Remember. What does remember mean? There we go. See, Marco's well studied. (laughs) Don't forget. Too often we access them. Please help me. You know, my wife's beating me up or something. But it's also good to go back to them and say, you know, my wife's now doing well. (laughs) And to share some good news with them. Don't forget them. Pray for them. And it says, who spoke the word of God. There's your brief. Isn't that awesome? You're not here to show them how to change oil in their car or to try and give them some strange instructions. The word of God. The word of God is your authority. And then it says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. There we have the same principle. So we are setting you up as models and saying, this is what this church is about. This is the direction we're going in. Look at it. There's the marriage. There's the the lives. There's a a couple of people healed it to God. And then Hebrews 13, 17. This is for us. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. 
Those are two almost swear words in today's culture, obey and submit. You know, they are. Who said so? I'm, I'm the final authority in my life. Now, in the kingdom of God, he's given us leaders. Thank God for them. I really do thank God. So obey them. But in what? In the gospel. And submit to the authority. In what? In the gospel. They, here's the scariest part. And this should put the fear of God into your hearts in a new way. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account for your souls. They, along with that reward that's coming, there's going to be a moment where they're going to have to account for everyone that committed themselves to this local church. That's awesome. So they're not yet as, you know, kind of units of tithing or, you know, those who are going to respond to your jokes up front or whatever. No, this is what Jesus Christ died for. Every single one of them. And like eunuchs, we're never going to take advantage of anyone. We're going to do the best to lead them in what God has. And so obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that will be of no advantage to you. So in other words, when they go to sleep tonight and they think of one of you, they're full of joy. They're not thinking, yeah, not them. <laughs> Sweetie, let's hope they find in God it's necessary to go to another church. <laughs> no, there's a joy. And you know what? That's about relationships. We love each other. So let's do this that way. Anyway, so would you come up here as well, Adele? Thank you. So what I'm going to do is ask you some questions, and then I'm going to ask them, and then we're going to lay hands on them and pray for them. And you know what? Visibly, it just looks like a normal thing. But I want you to go back to the picture of this horn full of oil. God's grace and goodness all over them. Man, I love it. So before we get there, I kind of feel like this. Um, you know, Paul identified his ministry in the context of the gospel. Paul never said he was a good strategist, but he was. Paul never said he was like um, a man with a lot of wisdom, but he had it. But he said this, the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher, apostle, and teacher and that is why I suffer as I do. So in other words, I feel there's a fresh reminder for you two couples that your points of reference to whatever God has called you to, it's the gospel. Amen. It's only attached to that message of the gospel. Mark, you and Patty, I saw you with a sextant and a plumb line. You know what both of those are. It's a nautical instrument that they use to find their... I think more their latitude than their longitude. Is that right? Yeah, there you go. And navigational instruments, precise instruments, that's you guys, precise, used to set course and build correctly. So sextant, set course, uh, plumb line, build correctly. In other words, in you, there's not a tolerance for outsider scriptures. And I feel there's an anointing on you to build that way. Yours is a little different, Derek and Lindsay. <laughs> I saw you guys with hard hats and heavy machinery. Not so accurate, <laughs> but still the same because after you were, you know, your gifts were used, the landscape had changed and something was built. And that stuff is tough stuff. I feel there's aspects of pioneering that God has called you to. And as you start to serve him in this new capacity, some of that stuff's going to kind of unfold. 
you know those bulldozers, and I know this isn't a green thing, so please forgive me, even though this COP26 is happening. It's like pushing down major bits of jungle so you can see this kingdom come about. And so there's, there's a, an ability to do that that God gives you as we lay hands on you. Cool. So we are going to lay hands on you, but I have two more words that I want to share. And the first one is for Marco and Catherine. But so I know after this, there'll be more words for them. And I'd like us to end the meeting with praying for you guys. Um, Marco and Catherine, I read this verse to you yesterday. And I just want to remind you, 2 Kings 19, 29. And this shall be the sign for you this year. Eat what grows of itself. In the second year, what springs from the same. So whatever they sowed, you eat from for two years. But then in the third year, you need to sow, reap, and plant vineyards and eat that fruit. And I feel like you're in that third season now where you're going to need as a team to start to dig some fresh fields and start to sow some seed. Uh, there's muscle here. There's ability. But we're going to start to see some new harvests. And I kind of feel... Um, that your sowing, planting, and reaping will be greatly rewarded. Many are going to benefit from your tears, from the vines that you're planting, from the pain that you're going to go through. Not just Hope Rock, but other churches and flows. In uh, uh, Galatians, it says, do not worry, for in due season, you'll faint. <laughs> no, in due season, you'll reap. You will reap. And then for the church, for all of us, I feel there's a prophetic word. Um, it's, it's kind of been something that has come to us this year that I feel I want to remind churches of. Genesis 15 verse 5. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. This, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Lockdown, we've been stuck in our tents. <laughs> And I do feel that we need to get out our tent and start to look at the promises of God, the words that he's spoken over our lives, and start to allow that to influence us. What was inside the tent? A grumpy wife. <laughs> I'm going to have a baby? Really? You know, you can imagine her. Who else was in the tent? Ishmael, the mistake. You know, and he was a constant reminder that she couldn't have a baby. And... This expectation that there was a heavy atmosphere there. And too often that determines the way we conduct ourselves instead of, Abraham, get out that tent. Amen. Get out of those circumstances and start to look at the promises of God. And they are many. And I do believe that there are promises over all of us here that we need to kind of see. Remember, in the darkest of night, those stars are an incredible encouragement. And they show us the way. They, they kind of cause joy to come back in us. Uh, and I want to remind you that there is way more promise than we could ever imagine over this church, yes. over you as individuals. Go and drag out your prayer book or your prophetic book or your journal where you put your stuff in and go and read some of those. Man, I tell you, there's some adventure waiting to happen right here. Cool. Can I have the elders come up with me? And then we're going to lay hands on these guys and trust God for his anointing. So this is an awesome moment. And a real privilege for Adele and I to be part of this. And so in the name of Jesus, we lay hands on you and we ordain you into this office of eldership in this local church. And we thank you, Lord, that it is not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, Father. 
This is what you designed for your body. This is Christ building the church. This is Jesus doing his thing. And we get behind you. And we thank you that this comes with enabling, with great grace, gifts, ministry, abilities that are poured out, Lord. Thank you for their servant hearts. Thank you for the call. Thank you for their obedience. And we want to pray provision. We want to pray in their uh, marketplace capacity with all this responsibility they're going to have that you'd help them work their time out properly. You'd cause their businesses to flourish. And like Priscilla and Aquila, Lord, they were able to devote loads of time to the kingdom of God. And so we pray for that. Help their children as well celebrate what is being done in their lives. And Father, we do believe that we're going to see a fruitfulness above what we would even expect or imagine. And thank you for these in Jesus' name. We commit, Adele and I commit this eldership to you. We love them. We're there in their corner cheering them on. And thank you that you use this team to punch way above their weight. And you'll continue to do that. Help them keep focusing outward. Help them realize Texas, the U.S., and wherever you're going to send them needs to be impacted with this gospel. We pray for unity on this team. Bless them in the name of Jesus. And all of us said, amen. Let's give God an applause. Thank you for listening to the Hope Rock Church at Lake Travis podcast. We are a church that is passionate about knowing Christ and making Him known in our city, the nation, and the ends of the earth. For more information on who we are, please go to www.hoperockchurch.com or find us on Facebook.